to the Data Driven Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we explore how to transform your company and career through data-driven decision-making. Want to become a data storytelling aficionado? Then sit back, relax, and get ready to unlock the true potential of your data. Here's the host of the Data Driven Podcast, Dominic Bohan. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, leader, or just curious about developing data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you on your journey. I'm your host and the co-founder of Story IQ, Dominic Bohan. All right, Sarah, thanks for joining us on the Data Driven Podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about death by PowerPoint, how we can avoid it, and how yes. we can put together awesome pitch decks. That's right. So can you tell us a bit about the problem as you see it with death by PowerPoint, and then we'll talk about how we can address it. Yeah, totally. So I'm the chief marketing officer at Pitch. Pitch is the presentation tool for modern teams. And really, Pitch was founded, we have eight co-founders, pretty unusual situation. They've worked together at a previous company called Wunderlist. And after that, they were investing in many other startups, tech startups. And they kept receiving these pitch decks that were just clunky, ugly, didn't do the idea that they were being pitched justice. So they thought a lot about the tools that people were having to use to put together these, these presentations. Now, all of us have probably been making presentations in some form since we were at high school, right? But we were never taught how to do it well. And the tools that we have were built back in the 80s and 90s really is a direct continuation from like an overhead projector or like actually like a slide projector. So no one had really brought the whole format of presentations, like dragged it kicking and screaming into the 21st century. So that was the vision, like what the pitch founders set out to do. And I think the fact that the phrase death by PowerPoint even exists is pretty indicative of the problem that we have, right? Some of that, I think there's lots and lots of things that contribute to that problem. So number one, the tools that we got, we've got are actually encouraging us to tell stories in a linear, boring way. Most people feel unsure and underconfident in using the format. It's not something we've really been taught how to do well. I think a lot of that is perhaps due to the fact that presentations combine both, both like visual design thinking and also story and narrative. And typically we have you know, we tell ourselves either like I'm a words person or I'm a picture person, but presentations force you to kind of combine those two together and make them work. And so we're in this like nervous, insecure place with a tool that doesn't serve us very well. And most of us don't know what good looks like, right? So maybe we've seen Steve Jobs stand on up on stage and give one of his famous presentations. So we've got an idea, but then he's like this super genius that none of us can relate to. And our, our only other reference is like, the presentations we saw at school, maybe from our bosses, where we really do feel like we're bored to death and that we're just being lectured at and this information is just being shoved at us, but it's probably ugly and like not particularly compelling. So that is death by PowerPoint. That is the problem we're trying to solve. I'm sure we could all relate. Is it fair to say that many people would acknowledge that some of these presentations they might see at work are bad because they haven't seen anything else they copy the bad format, or they're even given a bad template that pushes them to do it in an ineffective way. 100%. And that's actually why Pitch always started with templates, with actually putting good into people's hands. So like, 
we spent a long time developing over a hundred professionally designed templates that are not just like pretty pictures with some text, but we've actually thought about structure, how you could structure the information. The placeholder text is actually like example text rather than just, you know, like placeholder text. So yeah, templates are absolutely key. And I think that's also within workspaces. So we really, really advocate that any company thinks about how they're using presentations, particularly in high stake environments when they're pitching for business or they're pitching for funding, that rather than kind of getting into this space of like, oh my goodness, we, we just need to get some stuff down on slides, that they actually take, take a step back, think about what their processes are, get a template in place, because almost certainly that deck is not going to be like a one and done thing. That's going to be something you're going to use iterate, change over time. One of your colleagues is going to use that deck as their template for their next presentation and so on and so forth. So really being conscious about how you're setting yourself up for success with presentations. And we've just conducted some research about how people are pitching today, the pressures that they're feeling. And one of the key findings is just how, what a toll pitching can take on the team. And it's quite often like a hidden thing so we interviewed over a thousand people who are regularly pitching for new business or to win funding uh, in the US and the UK. And we found that over 50% had experienced burnout as a direct result of pitching. And of those 50%, I think the key stats were 17% had had to take uh, time off work as a result. 11% had been medically signed off work and 11% had left a company specifically because of the pressure they were under with pitching. So this is something that, as I said, lots of people do unconsciously, but the real costs on you and your team are significant and need to be realized and addressed. So with pitching, I'd love to get into what good looks like. But before we do, mm -hmm. I just want to clarify. So could be pitching for funding or pitching for someone's business. Essentially, pitching means we're asking for something. Could the techniques that yeah. you use and could the tools that your company offers also be used for internal pitches like a business case to spend money on something totally yeah yeah that's also something that i think you know we work most directly with go-to-market like most commonly pitches adopted by go-to-market teams who are like immediately aware of the impact of their pitching skills are having on their career and on their business right like you either hit your quota if you're a salesperson, you either like deliver the materials that are helping the business to grow. If you're a marketer, you like work, if you're a designer, you worked on this pitch that like won that standout client that you've always been trying to win, whatever it is. They are often the first adopters of pitch, but there are other folks within a company who don't think of themselves as a salesperson who are actually trying to sell their ideas and influence outcomes with three presentations all the time and probably don't think of themselves as as that person right and so again it's this subconscious they probably haven't taken a step back and thought about like what's the objective of the deck that i'm presenting oh actually i need to win not over my boss so this is a good idea to get resources for my project or whatever it is that they're trying to do internally right exactly you could almost say if you're not pitching if you're not asking for something or proposing something mm -hmm. Why are you delivering a presentation, at least in a business setting? Totally. Totally. I mean, life's a pitch. And to be honest, we also have users who are using it outside of the business environment. We have a very enthusiastic user who used a pitch presentation to propose to his now wife. 
Interesting. <laughs> Phew. Okay, that's good to hear. So there you go. And she said yes. <laughs> okay, tongue in cheek. I assume. A bit no, of a, no, he really uh, did it seriously. It's a very good pitch deck. He actually used like some of the best practices for like fundraising pitch decks, like the famous like ten slide rule and things like that. He used that structure to lay out why she should marry him. Wow, is that example publicly available? I can share the link with you. You can put it in the show notes. That would be great. It's, very, it's actually it very sweet. Notes. It's very, very sweet. That, Maybe not right for everyone, mm-hmm. but he's like a proper presentation geek, right? So that was that was something that felt like very authentic to him. I would love to see it. And if people go to your website, can they see examples of other top class pitch decks? Yes, they definitely can. So if you go to pitch.com, we've got two areas. We've got the template gallery. So right at the top, you'll see templates. You click on that you can browse through all of the different templates but there's also the presentation gallery which is arranged by topic so if you're looking for great examples of sales decks if you're looking for great examples of fundraising decks there's a ton in there that will spark ideas we've got a section for like very cool designs folks that have won like competitions that we've run for presentation design so yeah that should spark lots of ideas for you okay i'm gonna check that out so that's a perfect lead into what does a great pitch deck look like Number one, start with your objective. It sounds like really, really straightforward, but most people start thinking about, this is the information that I'm trying to convey, like all down, right? Rather than thinking, this is the feeling that I'm trying to get the audience to feel. This is the decision that I'm trying to get them to reach. Or I'm trying to get them to think about something. You might have lots of different objectives, right? If you're in a sales environment, you're obviously trying to ultimately get them to yes and get them to sign a contract, right? Or, But if you're internally, maybe you're trying to get your boss's boss to realize that the strategy that you're suggesting is actually a very exciting one and he'll give you the okay and he'll give you the resources you need. So start from what is your objective. My next tip would be don't start making slides until you understand your storyline. And then think about how you can tell your story in a more visual way. Think about the environment in which you're going to be presenting. And today, that won't always be with you up on the stage with the slides behind you and a clicker. That is just not the case anymore. Like uh, the most recent research that I mentioned earlier found that a very large proportion of people now are pitching remotely. And even within that, many are pitching async. So they're not even in the room. The company that they're pitching to has said, we'd love to see your proposal. Can you send it over to us over email? And we'll chat afterwards. So they're like flipping it. So they, they're reading, consuming the presentation on their own. And then you have the meeting as a follow-up if you have questions or to discuss the content, which is a complete change. For, so think about, and the reason that's important to really think hard about is because that will determine, for example, how much text you want to have on the slides. If you're giving the voiceover, you should try to have almost no text, right? Whereas if this is something that's acting more as a brochure, you're sending it over, then you can afford to have significantly more text, right? Because people might be reading, they'll hopefully have the opportunity to add comments, reactions, pitch up has all of those features. You might also even want to add recordings to your slides. So within pitch, you can easily record yourself presenting that slide. So if you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have to present this async, but that's gonna, you're going to lose this charisma that I've got. I've got this unique ability to tell the story and you're going to lose that. That's cool. You can add that in. You can easily add a video of yourself presenting. Or maybe 
you want to bring your CEO in to present one slide, like, cause you know, they're the best person to tell the story and that adds cachet to your message. Cool. They can take five minutes, record that, the voiceover to that one slide, and then you can send it over to the client. But yeah, I think one of the most common things that we can all relate to is you're being presented to in person on Zoom or like actually in a meeting room and the person is just reading off the slide. Like that's the worst thing that can possibly happen. Whereas the best case scenario, you know, if you're thinking about the Steve Jobs of it all, he just has that one super compelling image behind him and the image tells so much of the story. And if you can start from the outline and you know, if you're really challenging yourself, how could I tell the whole story just like with individual images? Then in certain environments, that will make sense as the format. So yeah, those would be my tips. Think about the reusability of the content as well as you're developing it. Like chances are you're going to use that content over and over again if it's successful. And think about brand consistency. You know, like I'm a marketer. I think obsessively about brand. Is this reinforcing? But it's amazing how presentations and decks are like the place that brand goes to die like you know we're sitting there sweating pixels for every single ad asset that we put out on facebook and then you know you find out some salesperson's using some presentation with brand assets that haven't been up to date for the last 10 years it's like painful and that's where also having templates having media libraries within your workspace within a presentation can help you you know, stay consistent so that when people are there, they're also having a brand experience, right? They're also like having the brand reinforced as well as whatever objective you're trying to get to. Right. And so your brilliant salesperson isn't sitting there going like, am I using the right color here? What's the hex code on this? It's just, they can focus on the story. Exactly. And ideally they've got a presentation template that's going to kind of force them it's hard to say for something <laughs> i'm sure you can make a presentation <laughs> look terrible if you really want to it's going to encourage them and give them everything that they need to very quickly put together something that's that's bang on brand yeah you mentioned a lot of virtual and even asynchronous presentations are you mm-hmm. seeing that happening mm-hmm. even right up to the level of kitchen for serious amounts of funding yeah so we saw 70 percent of the respondents to our survey also felt that pitching remotely had opened up new opportunities to them. So if you think about it, like it used to be, oh, if I want to pitch the top VCs in the world, I need to fly out to Santa Road on the West Coast. And like, you can now do that remotely, or at least you can pitch them and pique their interest enough that, it, that they're then like, yeah, cool. Let's. Most of the VCs I speak to about this, they'll say, I would never invest in a company without having met the founders in person. <laughs> So there will probably be, but you can at least get to the point where they want to do that, right? Whereas, yeah, in the past, you would have had to get on the plane not knowing whether it was worth your while. Yeah, for a maybe, what, 30-minute meeting? Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Cool. So with the pre-reads, right, let's say I create a pre-read, I send it through to Mm -hmm. someone. Mm Mm-hmm. Are they going to be expecting me to use the same slides when they invite me two weeks later, because they love my presentation, of course, to present it to them? Or would you recommend that they use different slides that are tailored for a live presentation? The latter, definitely tailored. I, I've never heard of an audience being like, yeah, but these aren't the exact slides that you sent through to me, right? And ideally, it should mm-hmm. be about a dialogue. Like, ideally once you sent through the pre-read that's piqued their interest it's like okay cool what questions do you now have that you want us to lean into 
in the presentation. And actually with presentation analytics, you can kind of work some of this out yourself. So Pitch has a format where you can create a custom link. You can send the presentation as a link to the person who you're pitching to. And then you can get analytics. You can see how many people have accessed the deck, which slides have they been on? Did they finish the deck? Were there slides that they spent more time on? So you might know for a fact they actually never looked at the last three slides, right? Or, you know, oh my goodness, like they all seem to spend all their time on slide six, right? So then even if you don't get an answer to that question, kind of what are the areas, you'll already have some idea. And you might know actually six people at that VC or that client that I'm pitching have looked at this presentation or actually only the person that I sent it to has. So you have an idea of like, how much you've resonated and in what way. Mm, super useful compared to just sending yeah. through a PowerPoint. Yeah, or a static PDF where you just like yeah. basically send it and pray, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So you mentioned also that you can build video in slide by slide. Mm -hmm. So is the difference between sending a recording, like a recording of a Zoom meeting or whatever, mm -hmm. that the person doesn't have to sit through the whole thing. They can basically yes. choose yeah, I want to watch a video drill down here, but not mm -hmm. here, skip this. Yes. Okay. yes. Also, you get the chance to record multiple takes. Mm. So for people who hate that element of pitching of being like on the spot, like do or die, doing those recordings and being able to record multiple takes can be a really good way of practicing. It can also be a really good training tool, by the way, if you have a large sales team that's using the same materials all the time. You can have your sales trainer or your top salesperson record their version of presenting it. And then you can use that as a piece of like a training resource. But it also means like if you just get tongue tied presenting three uh, the third slide, that's fine. You just go back and do it again. Yeah, that's perfect. That's appealing to me. I mean, I do presentations for a living and still I feel kind of weird sitting there doing like a half hour presentation in a room by myself. Even on Zoom, I mm. you do, do a presentation presentation is just like crickets and you're like, it's much harder to get that feedback that like in room vibe is this landing is this not landing you know even with all of the best zoom emojis in the world <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah cool so just recapping so good presentation start with the objective first <laughs> that's mm -hmm. great advice then build out a storyline Consider the mm -hmm. environment, consider the way people will consume the information. Is it mm -hmm. going to be live? Is it going to be in person? Only then do you build the slides. And the slides are really yes. not the star of the show. Keep the slides fairly simple. Just like Steve Jobs, I'm thinking back to some of those presentations where he's got like one image or one word or three words on the screen. Yeah. Get the design right, but make mm -hmm. sure that the story is right first. Yes. Right. It's actually very, it's classic. It's very hard to make the design simple. Exactly. It's, uh, what's that quote? It's, uh, I made this longer because I didn't have the time to make it yeah. shorter. Exactly. Montaigne mm. is a classic. Yeah. And the other thing is in clarifying the objective. So you talked about clarifying your objective, which I think is vital. What do you want to get out of this meeting? Do you encourage people to take a step back and go, okay, what are the goals and motivations of the audience? How do I align my objectives with theirs? Yeah. So having empathy for the person, you, you like putting yourself in their shoes, in the audience's shoes, is obviously critical. However, even if you're the most empathetic person in the world, you're never really going to know what they're thinking. So 
presenting is also a listening exercise. We get into this like broadcast mode and we're so obsessed with how am I coming across on this stage? Am I doing a good job of selling whatever I'm, whatever I'm selling, idea, business, whatever. But when I, I worked for Spotify for five years and their tagline is listening is everything. <laughs> and I really do think it is. So how can you build in? I would think very carefully, like how can you build in pauses in your delivery and specific questions to understand how you're, you're landing with the audience, right? So not just like, does this sound good? Shall I move on to the next slide? But like, you know, is this a problem you've experienced in your life? Can you tell me about a time that this has happened to you maybe? Or can you imagine somebody in your life, like whatever the moment is, like pause and get them to speak as much as possible. If you've sent it as a pre-read as well, you obviously want to start with, okay, I sent this over. I don't want to just present at you which were the slides that were most interesting to you like what are the topics you want to discuss further particularly if you know that they've actually looked at the presentation already right and then the, the other thing that i find happens so often particularly when people are pitching to me like i'm in marketing agencies loads of people pitch to me at the end not actually state going back to that objective and stating what you want to happen next i mean it's a classic it's like every marketer knows there has to be a cta Every salesperson knows that you have to like agree the next steps, but it's amazing how often you get to the end of a presentation and like I, as the prospect, are like, okay, so, so what happens next, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've the really there. good people are like, so I walked into this presentation, I was really hoping to convince you of X. Was I successful? Right, just like super direct can be very effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people are just uncomfortable to ask for the sale. Yes. I think that's true. I definitely think that's true. And one of the thing, one of the big findings from our survey was that remote pitching coupled with the current economic environment is creating a uniquely stressful, but also like there's a lot of opportunity there, right? So remote pitching means you no longer, like you've got access to opportunities you might not have had before based on geography or other limitations, right? On the other, same with the economy, like, because things are so uncertain right now, you, you lots of businesses are questioning who they work with. Lots of VCs really want to invest, but they want to feel a lot more kind of confident about the people that they are investing in versus maybe having been less risk averse in the past. So there are all of these really great opportunities to go after. But on the other hand, you can kid yourself and run after you know, really burn your team out by going, you're like, oh my goodness, like, it's really, I'm really struggling to grow my business in the current economy. So I'm just going to go after every single possible opportunity. And so I think some of it's also about having confidence and having a real strategy about like, these are the types of opportunities I will go after and where I have the data. I've looked back, I have the data, we win these opportunities. And I'm going to have the confidence, even in the current economic environment, to say no to these. I think this is all really useful advice. You go so far beyond just creating slides. And do you provide any resources beyond slides and templates in terms of what I think is the more vital aspect of thinking critically about what you're trying to do, what your objectives are, a broader strategy? Yeah. So broadly, I'd encourage folks to go and check out our blog. There's also a ton of articles on there, things like how to structure your debt, like really nitty gritty, like how to think about adding recordings and tips and tricks and things like that. 
But we also have this report called Pitch to Win coming out very shortly. And in there, we go into the actual data on how people are pitching today. What are the trends that we see? What are the challenges? Also by job role. So what are the unique challenges that designers are facing, marketers are facing, salespeople, business leaders are facing? And then at the end, we make some concrete recommendations about how to address those. So things like actually calculating the cost of pitching, how you can enable your team to be more successful with remote, um, how to think about choosing your tools to make yourself more successful, how to build systematic processes, things like that. That sounds great. I'm going to check that out as well, along with the romantic pitch deck. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link to that one. Why? Have you got any plans? <laughs> Sorry, I wouldn't use it myself, personally, but I find it interesting. 